Welcome to the All About the Journey podcast, hosted by Wisdom Moon, where you'll hear inspiring conversations with Christian leaders from various backgrounds and industries that are making kingdom impact. Now, here's your host, Wisdom Moon. Hey, welcome to the podcast. I'm your host, Wisdom Moon, and I hope you are doing well. Thank you for joining me on this podcast as we just hear from various leaders in various industries about their journey of following Christ and seeing God do amazing things through their lives of obedience and stepping out in faith. And today uh, we're joined by Chrissy Nordoff, who is a professional songwriter. She is a staff writer with Integrity Music. She's also the co-founder of a community called Brave Worship, which is a songwriting community. And she's also the creator of the Writing Worship course. And uh, she's recently released a book called Writing Worship, How to Craft Heartfelt Songs for the Church. Um, and she's written some amazing songs uh, that I'm sure you've heard of. She won a Dove Award for Worship Song of the Year for the anthem, Your Great Name, inspired by her own health battle and God's healing. Um, it was recorded and made popular by Natalie Grant. Uh, her songs have been also recorded by Bethel Music, Torin Wells, Mandisa, Darlene Check, just to name a few. So whether you're a songwriter or not, I believe um, just her sharing of her story will really inspire you and encourage you. So take a listen, and if you want to drop me a note, you can find me on Instagram, Wisdom Moon, or my website, wisdommoon.com. And without further ado, here is the interview. All right, today I'm here with my friend Chrissy Nordoff. Welcome, Chrissy. Hey, Wisdom. Thank you so much for having me on. Yes, and we're recording this on the last day of March, March 31st, 2020. In case anybody is listening in the future and finds this recording in a time capsule or something. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, After everybody, most people are gone or something. (laughs) So, yeah, it's been an interesting month. And I know it's greatly impacted everybody, including Mm -hmm. the Christian music industry. And for you, you're a staff writer, with integrity music so you write songs for a living mm-hmm. right yes um so can you maybe talk to us about how it's in, impacted you and what you typically do yeah so you know most days i'm usually in the past was co-writing pretty much every day and that for me looked like getting in the car and driving to somebody's house um usually producer here in town And just kind of working in tandem with them as they're producing the track, I'll write sort of top line, which is melody and lyrics and, you know, kind of bounce back and forth with the producer and usually an artist type person in the room. And that's been my routine for a long time. So I have written online before, but I don't do it usually. It's not kind of my go to. Mm. So for me, what's changed is, first of all, people aren't coming to town to write because travel has pretty much stopped. So I've had a lot of cancellations just simply by the fact that people aren't coming here, but some will still want to keep the appointment. And what we do then is we'll write on, you know, FaceTime or, and one of the other chat apps, Zoom or whatever we choose that day. And, um, and what's hard about that is the lag time. So they Mm. play something and then I'll hear it 
you know, a second or two later. So you definitely can't sing together. It has to be one person at a time, which means for me, it's making me get back on the piano, which honestly was my heart when I was growing up. But it's not been it's probably not my strongest um, strength when it comes to writing and co-writing. So it's it's um, making me exercise a new muscle. It's different. Take us back to maybe when you actually, you know, first started writing, because um, you mentioned you you were playing the piano, and also you were kind of pursuing the artist thing for a little bit, right? So, mm-hmm. can you kind of talk to us about how you got into being a full time songwriter? Yeah, so I I grew up on a farm, and um, my grandma taught me my first few things on piano, and I really fell in love with music through her and um she passed away when I was five and I didn't realize until much later that was the same year I started writing songs um Mm. in my backyard on the farm by myself and I don't think anybody really knew what I was doing or maybe knew what to do with that at the time even my piano teacher I remember not really knowing what to do Mm. with what I brought her but but yeah I eventually added piano to that mix and um, wrote songs with piano and sang a lot growing up in, in choirs and in churches and eventually went to Anderson university. And while I was there, uh, I had a class called songwriting 101 with Gloria Gaither. That was where I think I was really anchored in the whole heart of songwriting and didn't realize until much later what an impact that had on my life. Um, and I did try doing the artist thing and right after college moved to Nashville and almost signed a record deal. We were in negotiations for about six months and um, eventually it all fell apart. Wow. They pulled out. Mm. And I was really heartbroken because that was just, I didn't, I didn't understand the different career paths available at the time in, in yeah. the world. Um, but when I got up close and looked at what the artist Uh, career was going to cost me. I wasn't sure that I could do it well, knowing Mm. I wanted kids and I wanted to have a family and I wanted them to be able to play soccer and, you know, kind of live a normal, healthy life. And Mm. I didn't know that I personally would be able to balance everything. And I know some people, um, but for me, you know, looking at the tour schedule and what it was going to cost really woke me up. So, uh, once that fell through, I didn't chase it again. I did uh, independent artists sing for a long time until one one of my songs basically broke out. And the first night our church recorded it, um, I didn't know I wasn't going to be leading it until the song was called up and um, someone stepped out to lead it and my heart sank. And huh. it was the first time that one of my songs was sung and I wasn't behind the mic and I just felt like the Lord said, if you'll let this go, I'll show you what I can do um, Mm. with it. So I let it go. That, that song was your great name. And that was the song that taught me to let go. And the Lord taught me through that song. I can use your heart and um, your songs can travel. You stay home and Mm. raise your babies. So that's what I've been doing ever since. (laughs) 
man. And I mean, I think everybody's probably heard of the song, Your Great Name. And uh, since then, you've written a ton of other great songs um, that have been sung all over the world and, you know, covered by other artists. Um, So, you know, you pour a lot of your time and energy into not just songwriting, but also teaching other people mm-hmm. to songwrite. Uh, so what kind of ignited that, you know, passion to, you know, mentor and teach others? Well, um, when I moved to Nashville, I was 20 years old, almost 21 years old. And, um, you know, I'd grown up in the same town really my whole life until I went to college and and just didn't realize how much community I had. I have a huge family on both sides. I have, I think I have 40 first cousins. So we had tons of family and it was always, there's always support. And when I moved here, I'd never felt so alone. And Mm. um, I remember writing songs about how alone I felt and how I missed my mom's perfume in the sitting Mm. church in the church pew. And, you know, just missed family. And, um, and I began praying for a mentor at that point, specifically for a female that had been through, you know, ministry and industry and family and, and maybe could help shepherd me and how to, how to navigate all of those things together. Well, and, um, you know, the Lord never answered that prayer. And 15 years after I moved here, to Nashville, I remember asking him, Lord, why'd you never answer that prayer? That was a good prayer. And, Mm. um, and I heard him say to me, be what you need. And Mm. my perspective shifted a little bit, you know, with experience and age, I guess, um, to, instead of what can I get from someone basically not in a even negative way, but what can I gain from someone else? to what can I give to someone else? What do I actually have? And, and I feel like in order to really meet needs that you have to experience them yourself first. So Mm. I came to a realization that the Lord allowed me to experience that need in the deepest parts of what it felt like. So that later I would be able to, to sort of hone in on what was needed and how I could help meet that need. Wow. So do you think, you know, the lack of mentors and people, you know, pouring into your life, uh, do you think that's pretty common from what you're seeing, you know, with the younger folks coming up? And why do you think that is? Yeah. Um, I think that there is, I don't know how to say this and still be um, honoring, and I don't mean to dishonor it, but I just, I do think that specifically for females, it's been hard. And I think some of it honestly stems back to the church and the way we viewed roles um, Mm. that women could have or couldn't have. And um, because of that, I feel like, you know, there's missing moms in these church families sometimes, Mm. not always. But, you know, and if you look at the physical family, a healthy physical family is a mom, a dad and children, you know, they have a mother and a father. But when it comes specifically to leadership in the church and women stepping into roles, um, a lot of them have been um, sent outside of the home in order to do those things. And they have done those things outside of the church home. But I think I see a shift. I think it's necessary and needed. Um, but yeah, specifically the church is lacking 
female leaders that can also be mothers to the next generation. Yeah, it's really interesting. And I see, you know, a lack of that even for guys mm. where it's hard to, you know, really find people who are willing to pour into, you know, others and somebody that's younger than them. And I think maybe part of it is our culture of, you know, everybody kind of being always busy. And that's like a, you know, thing, a thing that we all say is, oh, I'm really busy. Yeah. And the time that we spend is very focused on growing our own career and, you know, investing into our own family, which is all important. But um, the community aspect that a lot of cultures have, um, it's not really the same, you know, in our culture. Uh, So yeah, it's really interesting. And that's what I think is really um, refreshing with what you do with brave worship. And I, I've loved like just seeing, you know, what you're doing to build that community and pour into others um, in that community. So can you tell us a little bit about brave worship? Yeah. So brave worship started in my living room, I think 11 years ago now. Um, And it was just me gathering up girls and saying, well, let's do some devotions together. And, maybe write together and see what happens. And um, over time it's grown into a ministry. And um, so now it's really an online based community with all kinds of ways for the female worship leaders and songwriters to plug in for encouragement, for resources and for community. And um, it's our heart just to build them up. Um, And like I was mentioning before, like just seeing that need and, wanting to meet it with our resources and what we have to give. And um, we've got, I think, over 700 female worship leaders and songwriters in our Facebook community, which is Brave Worship Community. And we do live events. We have all kinds of events going on. We have coffees now that are spreading across um, the world, really. I think we have eight of them. As far as is it like your own roasted coffee, brave worship coffee? That is such a good idea. <laughs> oh, why is it not? <laughs> great idea. Um, but they're just meeting in coffee shops, really. Um, you know, it doesn't cost anything to meet in those spaces. So it's made a lot of sense and it's been a really simple way to meet people where they are. So while we're based online, we do have nine coffees people can look up and see if they're anywhere near one at braveworship.com so what are those groups doing right now during the you know pandemic since they can't really meet in person right well what we're going to do for this month is something we've done before which is basically an online coffee so um Mm. instead of meeting in all their individual areas we're going to get on our facebook group at a certain time on a certain day Everybody could come on with their pajamas and their coffee, and we'll just do a small, um, short devotional together and then open up for prayer and conversation. Cool. Mm-hmm. Awesome. Um, and, you know, during this whole quarantine uh, time, there's actually a great book. I don't know if you've heard of it, Chrissy, but <laughs> I don't know it's a book about it. songwriting. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it's called Writing Worship. And you recently uh, released this book and became an, an official author, I guess, for the first time. So tell us about this book and 
you know, what your you know, hope and dreams are with the book? Yeah, well, really the book started with, honestly, with Brave Worship and what I was teaching them. And I sort of came up with a songwriter personality test because I felt like it could really help if you understood who you were writing with before you went in the room. So I created that personality test first. That was the first thing. And then we took a trip together, a writing trip, and we came home and um, everyone kept wanting to learn more about songwriting. So I decided I was going to do a course and I would write for a week and then I'd have the girls in and we would um, we'd go through the teaching and then I'd write the next week and we'd do it again. And it ended up being an eight week um, mentorship, really which we put online um, and now have people still going through um, this series. It's videos and you have a small group you walk through and, and there's a leader leading you through it. Um, so that's kind of what kickstarted it all. And then we actually, we, we uh, were working with you wisdom and yeah. um, we were working on, on some marketing and things like that. And I can't remember how that conversation started with the book. Yeah. You just shared your, you know, your vision for like writing a book one day. Yeah. And I was like, well, uh, let's talk to some people. <laughs> and then you did, you talked to people <laughs> and I'll never forget it. Cause it's in my journal. Um, oh. and I don't know if I've taken a picture of this and shown it to you wisdom, but we had been talking about it, but we hadn't really been hearing back from people and yeah. we were sort of waiting to hear back. Well, I was up at two or three in the morning one night journaling and the Lord said to me, I heard him say, I'm opening the doors for your book tonight, like right now, the next wow. day, the next day you called me and said, they, Christy, David C. Cook wants to do a book with you. <laughs> and, um, I was like, what? <laughs> I actually heard God last night. That was, <laughs> and um, yeah. So then you put us in touch with um, David C. Cook, and we walked through that process. It was a wonderful team. Um, we went through all kinds of things that um, you know. If I wrote a second book, I would definitely write it differently because of mm. what I would need to turn in along the way. Yeah, um, I would kind of know ahead of time how to format everything. And I don't know if I'm making sense. But anyways, I learned so much through the process. And it was yeah. a beautiful process. And they really helped me refine it. I think we went through we went through several um, editing edits and people helped with that part of things. But I really wanted to keep through the process the heart of my voice in it. And mm. um and I think we were able to do that. I've had a couple couple girls tell me it feels like they were having a conversation with me, which is what I was hoping because yeah. um, I want it to be reachable for anybody. And I, I really think a lot of times, you know, songwriting in particular, people feel like it needs to be a certain type of person or you have to be at a certain mm. level. And none of that is true. And um I really believe that the Lord wants all of us to write him songs. I really do. Mm -hmm. And so I just, my heart is to open up the table and say, you can do this too. Mm -hmm. And so the book is kind of um, a step in the process. So now we've got really the songwriter personality test is usually the first thing people do. And then the book is the second thing. Um, and then we have a live course, which was recorded live with 
Cross Point Church in town, which you can watch. And then if you wanted to do it, put it into action, you do the mentorship. So yeah, it's part of yeah. part of our steps. Uh, I I enjoy taking the songwriter personality test. I think maybe a couple years ago, and I thought that was such a great idea to have that out there because you know most of the time people just think okay lyric melody <laughs> like those are the two yeah. different you know types of writers, but uh, like actually realize oh there's different strengths outside of just lyric and melody you know yeah. so I thought that was like really eye-opening and insightful and i you know tell songwriters about it all the time and tell them hey you should check out this you know songwriting personality songwriter personality test and find out what you're really you know what your sweet spot is and then i mean i think that really helps with even figuring out who to write with too Mm -hmm. because then you know you can look for strengths in other people and uh, kind of help write the best song possible too. So yeah, my, my personality, um, it was, it wasn't one of yours actually that you had listed. It was like a different one that it, um, gave me an answer to, and it was called pathetic. What? (laughs) (laughs) That's not not Um, my class. You are making that up. <laughs> you are making no, I, up. I think it's a prophetic, but I read it as pathetic. <laughs> <laughs> uh, oh my God. But yeah, I mean, anybody that's you know interested in songwriting or is a songwriter, I would encourage them to you know check that out and you know be sure to take that test. And um, actually, it's on your website, christynordoff.com, right? Yeah, it is. So people can go there and really get access to everything that you just talked about, mm-hmm. including the book. Um, so I have a question, you know, as a parent, I have four kids and it's really interesting seeing like each child have a different interest, you know, and different bents towards, you know, things. Yeah. So our oldest, he's like really into music. And so he does like hip hop, he produces beats and performs on the songs. But like as, you know, a parent yourself and a songwriter, um, how have you nurtured creativity in your own children? Well, my first child, he, that poor kid, I did so many creative things with that kid that now (laughs) he just wants to stay home. (laughs) He doesn't want to do anything. But um, he actually, it was like, I was so excited to be a mom with him. Now he's 20. But um, <laughs> but I made that kid do every creative thing you can imagine. I'm <laughs> um, I just remember him screaming with like finger paints all over him because I had to wash them off. He didn't even want to do it in the. <laughs> but um, but then yeah, I mean I think, and then by this it's funny because my youngest one is ten years younger than him. So we have three kids. Our boys are twenty and eighteen, and then our daughter's eleven, just turned eleven. So. You know, by the time I got to her, I feel like I'm I am not as energetic as I was at the first one, and she's mm. <laughs> the one that wants all the creative stuff. So they were kind of born in the wrong order, but um, <laughs> but we've done lots of creative things. I mean, outside, inside, nature related, technology related. 
So we haven't limited creativity to just music. We really haven't. We've done all kinds of creative things with our kids. And, um, you know, I think it comes out, like you said, like as they're growing, you start to see what their interest is and chase it. You know, for a long time, our oldest one loved Legos. So Mm. guess what? We chased Legos. We got my husband had all his old Legos. We had a huge table out. We did Legos for years. And he, it ends up, he's now doing software engineering. He's doing all these computations. And so you can see how his creative, like expression as a child grew into where he is today. And, you know, I was a piano teacher for a long time too, about 15 years. I taught piano and I would see parents that were making their kids do the piano lessons that hated it. They hated it. And and I had a little girl one time that ripped her hair out and threw it on my piano. And I said to myself, I'm not going to ever be that parent. And so Jeez. we chase what they're chasing. You know, that's what we've always yeah. tried to do. And like right now, while we're home, my 18-year-old suddenly has been wanting to learn how to play a um, couple songs. And so we're doing it. Like he's, mm. he's coming down to my music room. You know, he showed the interest. I'm going to follow that up. But I'm... I'm going to introduce him to things, but I'm not going to drag him through things. And and I'm also going to follow up on where he leads me. So if he's leading me to the piano, you better bet we're going to be spending some time there. And, you know, my daughter, she's very musical, very musical. And, and so, you know, I think it's, I think it's the important of exposing them to lots of different things and then letting them lead in the areas that they are most interested in. And being okay with whatever that is. Mm. Racing. Yeah. Because they're all so different. Like you said, you know, my oldest creativity for him is technological. For my youngest, she's, you know, YouTube videos and, and music and writing songs. That's kind of her, her thing. Um, And then my middle one, sometimes creativity is out um, in the, in the gardens, in the beds outside. It it can Mm. look lots of different ways. That's awesome. Yeah, I uh, I get sad when I see kids that are kind of forced to live out their parents' dream yeah. you know, because the parent wanted to be a football star or whatever, you know, and then the child has to basically automatically just, it's assumed that they're going to pursue that. Oh, I know. Uh, so, yeah, we've really tried to be, you know, very open-handed with that and, um kind of look for signs for like what each child is into and encourage it and, you know, kind of resource it so that they can explore that, you know, interest. Yeah. And then, you know, even, you know, sometimes they may move on to something else after a few years and that's totally fine. Cause like it took me a while to figure out what I w- was interested in, you know, and really like lean into it. So yeah, that's really great advice. So, you know, you, um, do a lot of co-writing like you talked about where you're going to some place and writing with people and, you know, now even sometimes over Zoom or Skype. Let's say, you know, there's somebody listening that's interested in co-writing and maybe uh, exploring that, but they have never done it and maybe they're an introvert and, you know, they're not this like outgoing personality that's going to reach out to 10 people on Instagram today, you know, right. direct message them to write with them. Like how can somebody like that actually start co-writing? 
Well, um, you know, I, I think starting local is always good. Um, so you can start local or you can look online. So um, locally, I would look in your own church um, and ask the worship pastor, maybe the worship pastor in your church um, knows of a pe- someone in your church, but maybe also somebody in your community. There might be other uh, worship pastors or um, members of those congregations that are songwriters. So looking close is good. The other um, approach you could try is looking online. So there are writing options online as far as you know, plugging into certain communities, including the one that we do, which is writing worship community. And so um, that's for males or females. And that's, that's part of that mentorship that I was talking about earlier. But we, um, we put you in groups and we assign you co-writes. So things like that are a good way to get your feet wet. And especially if you're brand new, but I know that there are other online formats besides ours as well. So um, just doing a little bit of research online wouldn't be a bad idea. Yeah, that's great. So this is kind of not on the topic of writing, but since we're all kind of stuck at home right now, uh, what are some ways that you're continuing to sharpen, you know, your tools um, and also maybe things like, podcasts you listen to or shows you watch to like not go insane (laughs) while you're stuck at home. Um, So how are you kind of, you know, spending your time right now at home? Well, um, one of the things I talk about in the book is something that I'm still doing every morning. So, um, well, first of all, you know, starting my day, right. Spending some time with God, you know, sometimes it feels routine, but then there's, there'll be these amazing moments that I have with him that carry me for Mm. days, weeks, months, but every day I'm down here digging and sure I'm doing my part. And then he does speak in ways that that gives me more hope than anything. But I also do what I call psalming. This is what I talk about Mm. in the book where I basically sing the Psalms out loud. And that is something that I feel like sharpens me like spiritually and creatively at the same time um kills two birds with one stone but i've gotten my daughter doing it with me and oh cool and um i this morning i started one and i i couldn't stop hearing her voice with me so i had to run upstairs and see if she was awake and she was awake and i brought her down and we've been doing more and more of that together um Mm. it's been really fun and and then Uh. two-way journaling is another thing i do which is where i'm basically journaling and then listening back for God to speak. And, um, Mm. that's, that's part of my daily life anyways, but I've had a little more room to do those things and, um, and I'm homeschooling. So, you know, that fills a lot of time and I'm cooking a lot, (laughs) a lot of food. Uh, yeah, that sounds like a pretty packed schedule right there. And, one show that we watched that we loved and now nothing else can con- ever compare. And I'm so depressed is, um, Poldark. Have you watched that? What is it called? Poldark. No, it's set in Wales. Like, I don't know, 1700. Oh, um, okay. But anyways, it, the imagery is the setting is so beautiful. The music is so beautiful and the story is very interesting. It's about a family and just watching 
the dynamics of the family and how things changed. And it's, it, that was an amazing series. And I never watched TV, so I watched TV Wisdom. <laughs> what is that on? Is that on Netflix or something? I think it's on Amazon Prime. I'll have to check it out. Yeah, thanks for sharing that. And yeah, thanks for being on our podcast. Um, if you're listening and you're interested in the resources that Chrissy talked about, head over to chrissynordoff.com or braveworship.com for the Brave Worship side of things. Chrissy, would you mind maybe you know praying for our listeners for whatever you know God puts on your heart? Yeah, Lord, I just I just pray for your peace over this time uh, in people's hearts and lives, Lord, in their music and their creativity and their work um, and their family and their churches over all of it. We just pray for your peace. And Lord, I pray that during this season that we would steward well the time that you've given to us, Lord. And um, when we think about the parable of the talents, Lord, I remember that you told the first two that that made more money than you gave them. You said, um, well done. You are both clever and loyal. And so I pray that over us, Lord, in this time that we would be both clever and loyal, that we would steward well what you've given us cre- from a creative standpoint and then um, just from a, a relationship standpoint too. And so, um, Jesus, we just lay our time at your feet and and I we lay our families, our churches our jobs, even Lord, provision, all of the things that are um, causing questions. And and we just pray that you would give a step at a time, a day at a time, Lord. And um, we pray that you, your name would be lifted in more beautiful ways than we've ever seen across this earth, that we will get on the other side of this. We will see breakthrough. We will see victory. And Lord, meanwhile, in the in-between, um, I just pray for steps for each day and for new strength every day. And thank you, too, that you also give us new mercy. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Thank you. And thank you for taking the time to be with us uh, and taking a break from cooking <laughs> and homeschooling and all of that. <laughs> if you guys want to come uh, over for burgers, well, socially distant burgers, <laughs> I'll, to tonight. I'll throw them for you. Thanks for listening to the All About the Journey podcast. To connect with Wisdom, you can find him on Instagram at Wisdom Moon or Facebook at Wisdom Moon Official. To check out the show notes of this episode, head over to allaboutthejourneypodcast.com. If you enjoy this podcast, be sure to subscribe so you don't miss future episodes. We'll see you next time.